How's it going, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Adam Same podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way is Mr. Garrett Clark of The Rolling Monkey in Statesboro, Georgia. For those that don't know, Rolling Monkey is a phenomenal handcrafted experience that delivers much more than just ice cream. They do a phenomenal job at inspiring their employees, probably better than anybody else in Statesboro, Georgia, probably the world. Mr. Gary Clark, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Adam. Thanks, cool, man. Happy cool, to be here. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, Garrett, I think, you know, first things first, let's kind of like jump into it. You know, what kind of made you go into the ice cream business of all uh, things? Right. Yeah, man. Give me, give me the backstory. For sure. For sure. Uh, well, I mean, there's multiple ways to kind of look at it, but uh, I think we'll start with self. Kind of a, a, a looking at self, uh, specifically around am I am I living the best life that I can live? And so initially, I, I graduated with engineering, and uh, moved into that as a value stream engineer, looking at processes for uh, two Fortune 500 companies. Wow, a lot of fun. Okay, um, great time. Really uh, had great leadership, great mentors, um, a lot of flexibility, a lot of autonomy. Uh huh. Um, but through this, the question rose probably around the age 25. Okay. So, so probably half decade working in the kind of professional career. Uh, I started to, to ask myself, is, is there more, right? So in essence, it was uh, following the track and path that, um, let's say, leadership kind of guided me through parents, mentors, you name it, kind mm-hmm. of the profession element, check. So kind of had that dialed in and uh, had, the, had the home had the beautiful wife, had the beautiful son, okay. kind of the American dream kind of image, right? That Absolutely. That's everything I was striving for, in essence, I'd, I'd reached that. And um, and you had done all this by age 25. Yeah, okay. by the age 25. All right. But, but at that point of time, it was reflection. Okay. It was, it was kind of reflecting and saying, okay, is this is the trajectory that I'm, I'm going to be on for a long period of time. Is this what I want it to be? And so... I kind of extrapolated that out to, to see where would I land in a decade, 20 years? Would this be where I want to be? Am, am I good here? And uh, after, after really a deeper analysis, it was, you know what? I, I think that there's something missing, but I didn't know what it was. It was kind of this intuition feel of, of something doesn't seem right. And I guess kind of a comparison of where I was at 25 to 20, even though I had, let's say, more material things, uh, more prestige, uh, all, all of these different kind of things that, let's say, the the world tells you you need, it, it didn't feel as though I was doing it right. Mm. So read through the Bible okay. a couple of times, uh, which really just kind of jumped in. Were there answers in there? there where's, were, where's the entrepreneurial yes. part in, oh, the, um, in the Bible? It, it's, it's all there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really looking yeah. for, but that's a lot. Uh-huh. There's a lot of answers sure. there. Absolutely. Uh, so it was really trying to distill it down simply. Okay. So really kind of looking, okay, what does Jesus say? I, I really trust this guy. He seems to, to have all the, the power and capability and intelligence, but he comes down here and scrubs people's feet. Sure. And, and he's sharing this message of love. Mm. And so I was like, okay, that, that's, that's, so I really honed in on what he was saying. Service to others, love to others. But it was still, again, it's the Bible, right? So you've got a flood of answers and, and wisdom within that. And I was trying to say, how do I narrow the focus and understand where do I need to be? What do I need to be doing? Sure. So I kind of took it from an engineering perspective. Okay. And then as you do most things, <laughs> let's, let's get that yeah, one thing. Like, if there's somebody that does engineering, that's you. So, yeah. so it, it reverse engineering the longest living people in the world. Well, let's say discovering who were the longest living people in the okay. world. So from an evolutionary biology perspective, it was the Okinawans, okay. a little region in Japan, a mm. small little area. And on average, these individuals live seven years longer wow. than the next longest living wow. centenarians. So from a, it, it's an abnormality, you know, from looking at the data set. And so from what you found, what, why was that the case? So there's a group of scientists and researchers that went in and studied them. Mm-hmm. And what they determined and distilled it down to, along with healthy eating and diet and some other physical aspects, but from a mental perspective, they did what they loved, did what they were good at. So that overlap being passion. And then they did what served the community's needs, not, not desires necessarily, but really what, what does the people need in the local space? And so with that gift, so discovering their passion, what they love, what they're good at, kind of harnessing that passion 
and then serving their community with that passion and then a, getting an exchange of, 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 I guess, money, some, some currency, putting bread and food on the table, not an excess, but enough to sustain. Mm -hmm. And they were some of the most fulfilled and happy people based on kind of objective measures. Got you. So not only the longest living, but some of the most fulfilled people absolutely in the world. Mm -hmm. and, and some of the audience may be aware of blue zones. Mm -hmm. they're, they're within a blue zone. Okay. So I think there's seven of them in the world. So what does that mean, being in a blue zone? A blue zone is kind of this self-sustaining ecosystem to, to where it promotes good quality of life mm -hmm. and, it, and it's sustainable within the ecosystem. So these have kind of been identified as like, hey, this is what we want to move into as, as species, as homo sapien. We want to be... Is that what we have over at the Blue Mile? Is that, the, is that a blue zone? Hey, getting there. Getting there. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. A, okay. Folks like <laughs> Philip and others trying to bring it to life. Love it, love it. But yeah, so so blue zones. Like, yes. Yeah. So yeah, blue zones. Okay. And, and the beautiful thing was there was a direct correlation with what Jesus had mapped with kind of what I would say is mission, which is love and let's say service to others. That, that being kind of the overlap of mission, passion okay. being love and then good at. Mm -hmm. And then if you look at the pay for aspect, if you can imagine a Venn diagram, and maybe we could post the image up so individuals can see what that Absolutely. looks like. Absolutely. On the bottom, you've got the pay aspect, but it's it's important to understand that the way the Okinawans did this is, is pay was last. It wasn't the first priority. And I think from a what I was guided into uh, throughout my youth was ensure that you get a job that pays well. And I get that. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy, again, another image we can put up, but kind of psychology 101, you've got this pyramid and you've got the base needs that a human needs to, in order to progress up into to love and belonging. And then beyond that, we talk about inspiration. Those, those base elements need to be met in order to get to that. What Mihai, well, not Mihai, Maslow would say is self-actualized, kind of sure. this overflowing abundant state uh -huh. um, and creative state sure. as well. So in order to, to reach that, you've got to have the, bay and the, the base pay and all these different things, the, the safety and security. So I get leadership, uh, let's say parents, mentors, uh, the education system, really uh, encouraging that, that first things first, you get that handled. But I think what we're starting to see is a, a reevaluation of priority of values, mm -hmm. uh, hence the great resignation, which I'm sure we can get into of discussion course, around of course, that. Of course. So you, you, you have, if, if you place the value of the dollar first, mm. you might get on that track and then it becomes everything. It basically grasps you. Mm -hmm. And then you may never discover that, that thing that you're really good at or love. Sure. Or how can you really serve people to where it brings you that useful feeling of being a useful sure. individual in the world? Sure. So it's, it's, a, um, it, it's a very interesting thing to kind of come across this, this map. Sure. So I use this as a map to pretty much say, okay, what is my ikigai? So I'm within profession, getting paid for and uh, good at it. Sure. But how much do I love it? And I think I kind of... So you mentioned the term ikigai. Yes. Yes. So what, what is, is that? that? Purpose. So okay. it means the way the Japanese or the Okinawans term this is reason for being. Okay. So purpose. So kind of a overlap of vocation, profession, mission, and passion. Yeah. And the vocation aspect is the overlap of what do you get paid for and how do you serve the world yeah. with that? So vocation. Sure. So the, in essence, this was a distillation of all of that. It kind of met Maslow's hierarchy, all the needs within that, sure. as well as uh, just providing a clear direction and map. Sure. And so with engineering and, and systems kind of being my passion, uh, value stream mapping was a tool that I was given from lean Toyota kind sure. of lean methodology um, to where I, I then started looking at mapping cultures and mapping uh, well myself as a system as an individual and how do I optimize my performance sure. as an individual and then that bled over into how do I optimize that within multiple individuals coming yeah. together and looking at that as a system yeah. um, and then really using this framework first to unlock my potential and say, okay, what am I passionate about? What, 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 what fuels me up to give me energy yeah. and how do I serve people with that? Yeah. So gaining that clarity and kind of cutting out the noise allowed me to do that with myself and then move up into this very inspired, energetic, yeah. passionate state. Uh, and then therefore, you know, able to, to, to kind of, well, get compensated for that. Um, but that clarity, uh, I then started sharing with other people. Inside the organization. Inside the organization. Every, every, everybody. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, so um, 
it was at Mitsubishi Hitachi Power Systems where we manufactured large gas frame turbines. Yeah. Um, so that's where the work started. And then I later left uh, for a subsidiary of Toyota, uh, Koyo JTech. Okay. We, we manufactured like aerospace and automotive parts for GM Chrysler Ford, but the majority of the company owned by Toyota. Um, so a lot of that methodology, that lean uh, kind of way of being, which also fed into some of this work that I have around uh, the idea of servant leadership. Sure. So, so the Toyota really looks at the hierarchy, not so much of this, but it was kind of this teaching of, hey, the leader is, is down here mm -hmm. and, and supporting those who add value to the customer. So in all of this, mm. I'm still trying to get the ice cream. Like, how, yeah, how do we, yeah, how do we, man. how do we get to the ice cream? There, man? There, there's a lot to it, but pretty much we we've looked at the Okinawans framework yeah. that, that in essence aligns with Christ. Okay. And so for me, with my belief set, I'm saying, hey, this is the signal. This is the direction. How do I do this? Sure. So using that framework, it then became something that we put up on a, a chalkboard in the house. And in our office, we've got a little chalkboard. And I drew up the four circles overlapping. Mm -hmm. And then I asked myself, what is it for me? Mm -hmm. As well as Megan. Mm -hmm. In essence, the, the kind of discussion that we wanted to, or, or had was how do we converge to mm -hmm. a, a similar mission? And Megan is just so that the audience knows? M my wife. Okay, got it. So, right. so Megan is a, a, was a special education teacher, a very personable people okay. person. So I'm kind of the analytical guy and she's the, the people person, mm -hmm. um, but it, two very different personality types. Mm -hmm. uh, but within this, we wanted to, to pursue something together Go over ahead. individual uh, kind of aims. So typically uh -huh. you, you see someone has a profession or a passion, someone else, uh, partners have a different profession and passion. And while those things we've seen models where they coexist very well. Mm -hmm. My theory, and I guess looking at others who have done it well, was kind of having the same mission, kind of mm -hmm. converging to where if, if, say, we got into it that day, we could still be working towards the same thing. And, and it, it, I just saw it as a sustainability aspect for our marriage. Gotcha. So this this chart, this Ikigai was yes. placed in the house. Yes. And then there was a focus of both of you to be studying it, to figure out yes. how you guys could work together to achieve what it is. Right. Long life. Yes. We want those seven years. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. For sure. Gotcha. So, so long life and then kind of the purpose, the fulfillment yep. that kind of uh, would, would maybe bring me back to the state I was at 20 versus the state I was at 25. Understood. So kind of a yeah, fulfilling, searching for meaning, searching sure. for purpose really mm -hmm. is, is what it what it came down to. And I, and I wasn't clear at the point. So in essence, it, it took two years of me and Megan throwing things at this target to gotcha. see what would stick. What Give me a couple of examples of what uh, okay, we went okay. through. So it's going to be good. Snowboarding. Okay. And I was like, man, I love it. Uh-huh. I'm fair at it. Okay. Um, could I serve people with it? Maybe I could inspire them. Gotcha. Tell, so a rationalization of that. Am I going to get it paid for this? Uh-huh. No, I'm not. <laughs> Uh, well, so, <laughs> I also heard the story about Megan going snowboarding. Ah, yeah, so that, yeah. that that was another factor in there, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. for sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so, right. That that would have maybe aligned. In, basically, an evaluation. So, love, 10 out of 10. Love snowboarding. Sure. Good at, measured at maybe 7. Sure. Uh, let's say 6. Sure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you look at Sean White. Anyways. <laughs> so, so, kind of measuring that. And then Megan outlining it saying, Snowboarding for her doesn't yep. work. So, so just kind of an objective, again, very ma basic mathematics of overlaying mm -hmm. to see, will this both allow us to, to, to move towards something together? No. And for her, it was other different things of maybe uh, animal care, or continuing with special education, all of those things. I mean, I, I appreciate and I love, but it, it wasn't like that, that jive. Mm -hmm. Until our wedding planner said, hey, guys, I know you guys are looking for kind of a business model, something that really, uh, you know, meets these these elements. Go check out this rolled ice cream place. Okay. And so. Where was it? Savannah. Okay. So we go check it out. It's in the middle of December. The line wrapped around two blocks. Okay. I was like, what is this? Sure. This is special. Sure. It's serving the community. The community is flocking to it. Sure. And they're they're stoked. They're excited. Sure. And then it, I'm over here calculating. I'm saying, okay. The, the money aspect. Sure. You can make money on this thing, clearly. Sure. And then looking at the process and mapping the process, I was like, we could be good at this. Sure. This is, this is a, a, a process of flow and as engineering value stream mapping, definitely we could, we could do this. Uh -huh. And then do we love it? And Megan is just lit up from ear to ear. She loves it because not only do we all love ice cream, I mean, both her and I, uh -huh. um, she initially a little more than I, but she was just giddy about the the connection aspect, sure. the um, 
just the interaction, the artisan aspect. So mm -hmm. for those of those, those of you who don't know uh, Roller Monkey, uh, it, it's kind of a hibachi style uh, ice cream way of we, we make That's things. That's a good way to explain it. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of energy. Handcrafted, Hand, yeah, yes. like absolutely. Yes, handcrafted, um, kind of a, a create to inspire is our motto. Yep. So, so using our, what we call a canvas to kind of create. But anyway, seeing that really inspired her and it inspired me. And so we went back to the drawing board and we kind of plugged in our numbers on that. And it was like, hey, this is the one. This model can work. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I love it. It was probably eight out of 10. For her, it was 10 out of 10. But I was like, you know what? I can love this over time. And boy, have I, because mm -hmm. it has become so much more than ice cream. Yeah. Ice cream has been the medium. Yeah. But really, the work and, and what we've been led into is uh, working to unlock the potential in people. Yep. Do the same thing that I did within myself and that Megan did. Uh, and, and try to share that with the youth that maybe didn't receive the guidance that that I had, um, and also was lacking. Mm -hmm. Just just trying, really trying to to fill a leadership void of uh, guidance around priority of, of values. Yeah, yeah, a ton to unpack there. Like yeah, obviously, man. like you know, you have had this like journey in which you finally found the thing that you were looking for. Mm -hmm. You bring it in, and then you're starting to create. You know these connections with your employees that is mm. much deeper than you know oh work come come roll ice cream right 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 and i think that's what makes your organization a lot more different than anything else out there mm. you know when you step into that facility you feel the energy mm. that these artisans as you like to call them mm -hmm. instead of employees like you're you're right for sure artisans for sure uh changing kind of like that mentality mm. route and giving them the opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just as a, a, a touch point, what has, like how, number one, how difficult was that to initially build? Because mm -hmm. when you guys first started out, I mean, I think it was, you know, very, you know, are you, are you sure? How do you structure this? Right, like, right. So and so on. Like, how difficult was that to build? Mm -hmm. And then furthermore than that, what has been the return mm. on that investment into your employees? For sure. Um, Initially, yeah, a lot to it. Uh, there, there was a lot of confidence. So there's a concept that we, we look at called the Dunning-Kruger effect. Okay. And I would probably say I was overly confident okay. and did not have the skill. As most entrepreneurs are. <laughs> we always jump into it. Yes. yes yeah, that's awesome. So th there was the thinking that, okay, if this thing's going to sustain us um, and we're going to do this, let's do it big. Yeah. And so we did it with the intention of franchise. Yeah. So, so initially kind of develop the prototype and then scale it out to have this, this bigger impact and, and have sustainability and just – just, just do it big. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a lot of uh, thinking of how is this repeatable? So from the get, I think we did a really good job with asking how can someone else, the next franchisee, come in and, and replicate this? So from, from the, the foundation, we're always asking that question. How does it, how does it, how's it replicable? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of that built into it. However, a, a lot of unknowns throughout the process as well. Um, but really, I think our energy uh, really allowed us to attract some very uh, great talent because mm -hmm. uh, we were so in, enthusiastic and involved in the process that it, it, we, we really formed a really great team. So I may be a little bit optimistic or saying, you know, that it, it, it was easy, but but uh, mm. it, it really, we, we stayed in that flow state. You know, we were just in the zone, moving through it, tremendous challenges, most certainly. Uh, we actually were this close to opening on, on Tanker Boulevard in Pooler. Mm. And thank God we didn't. Mm, why? Uh, basically, there was through through the legality and the, the contract and, and all of this, there, there was just things that didn't align. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't want to get locked in a five-year contract. With, if, if this is how we were starting off, off, off the bat with uh, not being fully transparent. Mm -hmm. uh, trust is, is very strong. Uh, integrity is a very high value of ours. So I just wanted transparency and to know that I could trust uh, you know, who I was working with from a landlord perspective. Sure. So that was that was kind of something that, that didn't work out pretty much we respect to go in one space but we were shifted down and then the space was different from what we originally looked at all of that and then last minute they were wanting us to sign and i was like nope yeah we're out however we invested so much time effort and energy into preparing this was the one spot i, I we had looked at other spaces but we had invested so much into this one space and how it would work and then last minute it's not working wow yeah so with that uh Again, some, some prayer, some soul searching of like, what are we going to do next? And uh, I really leaned into Megan on this one. I was like, okay, Hilton Head, uh, Savannah, Statesboro. And when I said Statesboro, she just lit up. Why? She 
she's just, this is where we fell in love. Um. This is where she moved into special education. She was, I think, originally doing education and then um, worked for an individual who had a son with special needs or individuals. And um, she just fell in love with, with serving and giving and uh, supporting those with needs. Um, and, and so th- th- there's a lot of history in mm. Statesboro mm-hmm. for us. And, and when I said that, the opportunity to come back and work here, she was just like, yes, bring me back to my second home. She's sure. from California. Yeah. But uh, I roped her in here. Um, Good job. Yeah, man. You know, FarmersOnly.com is a great application. You know, I kid. <laughs> I, um, and for those of you who, who have met through that, congratulations. Uh, Megan is probably watching this just her uh, face right now. It's great. It's great. But but you know that's uh, it, it, it's a funny icebreaker when we, when sure. people ask how California, how Georgia, how, yeah. how did it happen? But um, yeah, man, just just a lot of good history. Uh, but we we came to Statesboro, and if if we did not come to Statesboro, we would have not made it. You think so? Through the pandemic, Statesboro oh. sustained us. It, the community aspect. It was. It was a blessing, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm, I'm thinking Tanger. I'm thinking all that, that, that sure. the action, and, and uh, you know, right there with uh, everything going on off 95 and, and the new development, the new Savannah. Sure. Um, but Statesboro has really been a blessing, and, mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm stoked to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, there there are some tremendous challenges that we faced, but kind of from the reward aspect, it was really discovering. Um, that this is so much more than ice cream. Initially, I think it was like, okay, this is ice cream. This is us finding our own individual uh, ikigai, mm-hmm. reason for being purpose. And we do want to share that with others. But then the mission manifested into solely dedicating um, our focus to, to, to building young leaders, mm. to, to, to help give individuals the clarity, the, the love, the discipline, um, the encouragement, uh, all of these different tools and resources to help bring them to a level to where they would be prepared to chase their dreams. Uh, Because there's just so many challenges in today's exponentially ever-changing world. And uh, the university does a great job in trying to prepare youth for the workforce. Well, I challenge that. I have criticisms. I do. And, 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 I, I was going to get to the criticism, but I kind of I wanted to preface okay. it to, 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 to commend those who have built uh, something of integrity and, and something to, to not take for granted because there is a, a tremendous structure, uh, a value there. However, it can't keep up mm. with, with, with the it's changing pace. It's just moving too fast. It is. It's moving way too fast. And so I think that can get into our internship programs, which uh, in essence, from an engineering perspective, it's a modular mechanism of, of innovation that can adhere to the university that the large static body, well, sure. not, let's, let's say dynamic, but fairly static, right? It, uh-huh. it, it, it moves very slow, yeah. uh, but, but a small business can, can adapt sure. and move very quickly. Sure. And so our internship program has uh, been something that we're, we're able to take those going through the university program, bring them into real world uh, business dynamics and say, this is what you need to do in order to keep up in the real world. Yep. So when you graduate and you go work for that company, these are the things that they're going to be expecting. So you're giving me super high level stuff. For right? sure. Give, give me like what, mm. what, what the systems are right. in the business that have actually allowed you to achieve that. Because okay. I'm sure there's some listeners out there that are very curious about, right, right. well, I mean, it sounds all good. I want What's the, the guy. Let me, let me yes. throw some circles on, yes. the, on, on, the, on the bulletin <laughs> board and hope everybody like, you know, gets it. Right. But how do you implement that? Great. So BOS, business operating system. So in essence, there's six elements of it. So the first element is that vision, is that ikigai. Clearly, where are you going? What is the aim? Where's the vision? So for us from Roller Monkey, it's to unlock the potential in people. So that's what we want to do. And create to inspire. That's how we do that. That's the mission. Uh, Basically, when people come into that ice cream shop, we're there to lead them, lead them to an elevated state. Mm -hmm. So the the youth is actually leading the community to an inspired state. So that our first mission and, and clarity of our aim as leadership is we're investing in our youth, in our body, and in our culture, which in essence is a spirit. You know, you can kind of name the culture and it, and it has a certain kind of spirit to it. So we work to bring the life out of our body, out of our culture. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they that life overflows into the community. Mm-hmm. And so that's the vision. And then I guess the, the third component, which we're, we're now kind of getting into from a scaling perspective, the franchising model, if we go that that way or bring in different investors, but the legacy aspect, what does that look like for uh, the legacy? 
So, so investing in our employees, investing in our community should equate to legacy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so finding now partners that are, are passionate about unlocking the potential in people, unlocking the potential in community, uh, basically like lights, turning on lights. That's kind of this vision. And that's kind of the, the step one from a business operating system. Okay. So step two is the people component of it. Now, fortunately, our vision is people. Sure. So it, they, they really gel together. Yeah. Uh, but within this, to really know how we're doing it, because... One of the projects I'm working on is basically developing an open source blueprint on how to unlock the potential in people. Yep. So instead of going the Apple route and saying, hey, we've got all this great information, we've been able to do it, look at look at our great examples, no one else is going to know about this. It's proprietary information. The way that I want to go about it is basically popping the top on the hood and saying, this is why this model puts down what it does. This is why it's so strong. And then from there, work with people who know way more than we know to improve upon the model to where basically there is a framework that is simply uh, simple and can be applied to an ice cream shop and can be applied to a manufacturing facility, manufacturing large gas frame turbines. Mm. The same principles applying. So within this blueprint, it's basically measuring previous kind of subjective psychology metrics of, say, Maslow's hierarchy, mm-hmm. right? Where we, to progress up to the top is kind of the, the target where you want to be inspired. Mm-hmm. You want to have meaning and purpose. So we actually measure Maslow's hierarchy. And we also measure Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's model of flow, mm-hmm. which is uh, kind of this not overwhelm, not underwhelm, but that sweet spot. And uh, this, this comes to some of my work within Koya, which is that subsidiary of Toyota. I had a great um, uh, leader who, who afforded me the opportunity to work with a fellow named Jamie Will, mm-hmm. uh, who I think he founded the, the Flow Genome Project, where him and his partner were working with uh, Navy SEALs, extreme Red Bull athletes uh, to reverse engineer flow states, uh, basically peak human performance. And we worked to basically, the thing that I wanted to do was to quantify this map. So Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's model, again, something we can share with potentially the group, there's this flow zone. And and what I wanted to do is place quantitative values on it. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because when I would go seek funding to, to do improvement projects within our facilities, or work on certain problems, um, the the executive group would have to see a calculated return on investment. Sure. And if they didn't see that, typically we didn't receive the funding. Okay. But I wanted to invest in people. So out of the value stream map, out of the system, I, I saw that people, if you could unlock the potential in people and, and, and build that synergy, that trust, unlock their potential, bring them to the to the, the more inspired states, the, the collective body of the system would improve drastically. However, the couple of times I approached the executive group I didn't receive what I wanted because I couldn't paint the picture very well in a mathematical What were you form. asking for? Uh, basically to, to... Gaming rooms? Well, gaming. I mean, so, so you're getting into it, right? So um, to get... I was asking to reduce our supervisors' overwhelm. And so typically a, a training plan or material time investment to allow our, let's say, management level leadership to be aware of how to break down the mountain. Right. And so just instead of looking at the peak of Everest, looking at the peak of all of these stack of papers, segment it. What is the next ridge? What is what is the next thing that doesn't overwhelm me? And it just allows me to, to, to pull out of that overwhelmed state into a flow state. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, those who typically have more repetitive standard work, typically a little more bored. So on the flip side, they're not overwhelmed, but they're underwhelmed. And then that's not a peak state of performance. You're not engaged. You're not having fun. And the beautiful thing about Mihai's model is there's a direct correlation with feeling and performance. Mm-hmm. And so flow equates to, to basically happiness and high performance. Overwhelm equates to anxiety yep. and, and, and limited performance. Mm-hmm. Underwhelm equates to boredom and, and just this kind of depressed, very ugh, state. And so on that side, it was, yes, investing in things such as solutions of gamification how do we how do we make this process more fun? Even though it's it's boring and doesn't require a lot of thought process or or maybe even skill, how can we introduce additional challenge to bring it to where individuals are performing better and feeling better, more happy? Mm. Um, so yeah, it was it was it, 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 again it was a, a lot of subjective like high level stuff that didn't make clear. Okay, we're going to invest in this piece of equipment and then the return's going to be here. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you think that that's really what kind of like made you move away from that organization? Yeah, yeah. In, in essence, there's a part of it. And, mm-hmm. and this this part of trying to explain this story is there was this individual aspect, but I think you're touching on 
the kind of the, another part of the aspect within the work. Again, from a university perspective, this Fortune, that was a Fortune 500 company, it was Coyo, JTEC, uh, a large entity that, like a university, couldn't move very rapidly. Mm. So leadership, leadership was very supportive. Yep. And they were like, hey, man, definitely, let's, let's tap into our most valuable asset, which is our culture. Sure. But we have to go through a lot of red tape, a lot of change sure. to change this. And for me, I was on to something. Sure. And I was ready to move. Sure. So I was just, so it then became, okay, we're going to jump off and build our own value stream. Got you. Got you. Got you. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of like led you down that path. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So the open source is kind of like the next step. Right? Yes. Yes. What is after that? Uh, really, <laughs> the more that I look into things, so so you and I are on in a group where we, we do some deep dive That's and, right. and deep work and uh, really look at some of these strategic elements. What is our, as uh, Jim Collins would say, our BHAG, big, audacious, hairy goal, this 10 mm-hmm. year milestone way out there. And the more that I kind of look at this framework, which is based on uh, what I can tell the Rockefeller habits, lean methodology. Um, it, it, well, you have lean methodology and then it kind of morphs into Rockefeller habits and such where we outline these, these things in the future and then work to reverse engineer them back and say, okay, here's where I'm gonna be in 10 years. And I'm very good at that. And I've been doing that and, and putting plans together for that. However, I think I'm moving into a transition as I lean more and read more into uh, the word, uh, the Bible. And, and, and I think I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, humble myself and say that I don't know where I'm going to be mm. in 10 years. And, and who am I to say I know where I'm going to be in 10 years? Uh, and, and kind of leaning more into showing up and just being like, being led, mm. kind of having this faith, leaning into the intuition, leaning into the divine uh, to, to kind of say, okay, this is this is where you need to go, while also still having that structure. So I'm working through the balance of that. But, sure. but I think I'm going to a transition of stepping back a little bit from being so, put something out there and just moving towards it. So I'm sure that I'm going to lose some things by, mm. by transitioning away from that mentality. However, I'm faithful that I'll be led into things that I, I couldn't even perceive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 kind of up in the air right yeah. now. Um, but uh, in essence, I think it would be uh, to, to just continue to share this message, sure. to, to, to work with, here it is, uh, leaders, sure. to basically share this, this way, mm-hmm. this, this way of unlocking the potential in culture, in people, uh, bringing people to a, a, a creative, abundant, overflowing state of inspiration, to putting them in an environment where they're not overwhelmed, where they're not underwhelmed, but right there in that sweet channel of flow, to, to give them uh, clarity of, 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 of almost a, a way of seeing the world to where we fail forward, where we don't let fear consume us, kind of a, a, a lens of the hero's journey yeah. is another part of this, is, is, is helping individuals believe in themselves. So, so let's talk about that. Let yeah. me, give me a story of you know, an individual mm. that you know, your mo- most rewarding mm. experience with someone that has you know, gone through your system, mm-hmm. you know, because obviously you know, you're, you, we, work in a, we work in a college town, we have yep. people coming in and out. Right but have kind of like, you know, graduated mm. uh, for a lack of a better right, term through right. your system. For sure. And then what, what are they doing now? Okay. Uh, so one individual uh, was an, an intern. Well, she was a, an artisan who then uh, really kind of initiated our internship program. Uh, she, she was like, here's my icky guy. Can you guys help me with this? And it was to, um, to be a guidance counselor. Uh, so psychology was her major. And so we, we developed a psychology uh, internship okay. program for her. For ice cream. For, for ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're serving people, and, and psychology is the study of, of, of people, okay. of the mind. So for me, it was like, duh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was this, um, yeah, yeah. So I won't go into all of the depth of you know, how I saw that psychology fed into marketing, yep. into development of our people, yep. all of these things. Uh, so, so basically... We created this position for her and worked with her. And then in time, she ended up becoming our project specialist to help us build out some of these programs, our internship program and uh, other other systems, this BOS that I was telling you yeah. about, this business operating system. Um, and she was just a, a very, very capable and um, inspired individual who, who believed in us and had faith in us and, and, and allowed us to lead her. And we, we just 
excelled her to to a, a to just being an amazing, capable individual. Sure. So, so to see where she was initially to where she had kind of moved to and now where she's at, where she's actually achieved that dream job of being that guidance counselor and now taking the Ikigai framework into that to where not only she's ensuring that the youth are doing something that are good at and they're going to get paid for, but also is it really going to serve the people and are they are they going to love it? So she's bringing this Ikigai concept sure. into uh basically developing the next leaders. Mm -hmm. And so knowing the work that she's doing and then also kind of scaling that with other schools. She's yeah. working with other schools to share how do we more effectively guide, right? Guidance counselor. How do we more effectively guide our youth at an earlier stage? Because at Roll a Monkey, we're, we're guiding youth, uh, basically young adults that are, that are moving into adulthood. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say high school and college students is kind of where we develop and prepare. Touchpoint. Yeah, that's where you have them. Yeah. But she's going deeper. Yeah. You know, she's going into the youth and and taking the what we've worked on here and, and probably having a bigger impact wow. uh, through that. And then uh, again, our, our hope with this is to scale it into the education system sure. where that model of, 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 let's say if she can build it into the standard work of a guidance counselor and then share that. And, and, and when they look at how is she doing such a great job because she's inspiring other guidance counselors and then they ask how and why, what's going on here? And then she can say, here's, here's the standard work. Here's the blueprint. Sure. And um, to, to just he, to see that and hear her testimony of that uh, is very rewarding. Mm. And I would say the, probably the most rewarding thing that Megan and I have experienced and, and, and our leaders uh, who have worked to develop other leaders is the testimonies. Sure. It's... Um, We've got a little jar that they gave us for, I forget which celebration it was, but basically notes of how we've impacted their lives. Mm. Uh, and, and just reading through that, man, if we ever have a, a challenging, tough time where, where you know, we're a little bit defeated and maybe not have uh, overwhelming hope, I'll just pick up that little jar and I'll just read. Mm. And, and, and it just fills me back up to know what we have done, how we have served. Um, and, and, and that is, is probably, I call it gold. You know, it's, it's, that that's our currency is, yeah. is, is testimonies, yeah. um, because it, it really it, it's the proof in the pudding. It, it says this you know you're doing it. Keep keep doing it. From from a business perspective, you want these people to work with you for as long as possible. But right. what what I keep on hearing is that it's more than just ice cream. Yes, like this is much more about having an impact on the world mm -hmm. than it is about the the ice cream that you're producing the ice cream's still important right but that is just a vehicle mm -hmm. to get those people to exactly where they are because at the end of the unless you are making some money on the guidance counselor <laughs> that i would love to be a part of yeah, right, right? i don't that. i don't know what that looks like yeah, right. uh but you know it, at the in the long run like that there, there's there it, that monetary value ceases to exist anymore right, right. because there, there's there she's going off now mm -hmm. and then you talk about gold right right yeah so that I think is super unique. That's mm. a different approach than, you know, most businesses, all they care about is like, oh, do I make my bottom line? Did I, did I make numbers? Right. right? Yeah. Which is, you know, the Fortune 500 companies. Right. That's all they care. That's right. Right. So I, I think it's super unique that you're, you're, you're taking this approach. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in this journey, right, like you, you've kind of like given me you know, you know, this, this huge, uh, f fulfilling thing, what has been kind of the biggest challenge mm. for you as a entrepreneur in this space yeah, yeah. and trying to achieve yeah. those things? Honestly, it, it, it's been coming out of, um, businesses of excellence and having an understanding of the fundamentals of business while then trying to, to still remain humble as I move into basically from a fortune 100 company into a, a nobody, mm -hmm. right? A small business mm. ice cream shop. And, and humble myself and lean into those that have started from the ground up. Because I had certain principles of comprehension at the higher level and could see what needed to be built with some adjustments, my own critical adjustments. But then trying to navigate through what is signal, what is noise? What is it that I know versus what is it that this individual who's built from the ground up know? And, and trying to discern through the signal and the noise. Mm -hmm. and, and what can I lean in that is really going to have a, a bigger change in the world because in order to change the way that businesses do business by unlocking the potential in people, well, I've got to shake things up at a foundational level. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's trying to, to remain true to what are those foundational level uh, elements while also 
not reinventing the wheel completely, mm-hmm. otherwise potentially not making it, and then leveraging kind of the the the, the paths that have already been paved by others, um, and, and and marrying those together, mm. uh, and then also kind of determining what it is that we're really doing as I continue to lean into this this faith and, and kind of am led into this work over just me saying I know what it is that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when people ask what it is that I do, it's it's all over the place. I'm, I'm doing all sorts sure. and, 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 and it's very, I want to share what it is that I'm doing. Um, but I find it very just surface level to convey that, hey, we're, we're doing this or that, and, and, it, and it doesn't really get across. And so I'm really excited to be here with you today to really kind of talk through this in a yeah. longer form to hopefully um, make it more apparent, make it more succinct, yeah. um, and hopefully attract individuals that can help me with with this journey and with what it is that I'm doing. Because it, from the complexity side, I believe we're on the right track. I mean, we're, we're producing it and developing it, but I don't think we're effectively uh, sharing it from a PR perspective, from a, mm. from a story perspective. So it's it's now trying to, to leverage the hero's journey, uh, you know, storytelling and, and put it in that hero's journey uh, method to, to really share it in a way that resonates deeply with everyone. Um, so that's probably been my biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, your employees, mm. talk to me about what you think the experience is for someone that works for Rolling Monkey versus somebody that works in just your standard retail. Mm-hmm. What are mm-hmm. the kind of like, you know, different, I don't want to call them perks. Right. But the, but there is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Because like obviously from the standpoint of, you know, your employees, they enjoy their time there. Right, right. Which is rare. Like I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, like mm-hmm. uh, it. I think in this day and age, it's very common for people to complain about their yes, job. It's yes. easy. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe like, yes. you know, they dread the Monday or whatever it right, is. Right, right. What, what has been different about yeah. what uh, you guys do? Typically what we see is individuals saying that they look forward to coming to work, that they work is their garden, is their their happy place. And so if they're having challenging times in their other ecosystems and their other environments, that we have individuals show up off the clock just to be a part of that culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that that's something that is different. Mm-hmm. To your point, typically it's what time is it? I'm ready to get the yeah. hell out of here. Yep. Or man, I can't wait until the weekend. Or, oh my God, it's Monday. It, like it's, it's, it's a conveyance of I'm not happy here. I'm a slave to this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we want to change is if we look at the amount of time that we dedicate to the base level of Maslow's hierarchy, which is money, we're, we're slaves to money True. because we're we're collectively showing up to a space that we don't want to be there. If, if it were up to us, the chains would be broken free and we would run free, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what you hear and I don't want to be here. I can't wait to leave. I'm not looking forward to here, to coming here. It kind of drains my soul because there are negative aspects in there to where um, the culture can be quite toxic and I believe that's because it hasn't been effectively engineered into the systems that these things, they can't exist. In order to sustain with what is coming and the change that is coming, those old models will not exist. Sure. There, there's a calling for new leadership, servant leadership, who understand how to really unlock the potential of people. Because when you have an, an unlocked potential in people, you have a, a, a culture that is turned on, it can be anti-fragile. So with all of the, um, we saw what restaurant and retail faced with COVID mm. and they were fragile. Mm-hmm. And so the individuals took advantage of the different things in play that hurt the businesses. Why? Because there was no trust. Mm-hmm. And so when an opportunity presented itself, the employee who had been, let's say, previously taken advantage of, then took advantage of the employer. Mm-hmm. And so, so what has to occur is there has to be a synergy, a trust, a bonding to where the leaders really are meeting the needs of the people that make up the body of their organization mm. beyond just the performance. That we have to go deeper. We have to do more so that when shit hits the fan, mm. the people come together and lift that organization up. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it's gone. Which happened during the pandemic for right. you guys. Right, right. Yeah. So like, you know, for, for the employees, like 
I guess how do you how do you engineer that? Mm, mm. How do you how do you make that yeah. happen? Yeah, so you, you give me the secret sauce. Right. So so we'll go back to the BOS. Sure. So step one and two we covered. Okay. So so unlocking the potential in people, kind of measuring, making sure that okay, the one metric that matters the most for us, and, and it leads into to point three. So step one, vision, clarity of vision, investment of people, and then three is data, the signal. What what is signal? What is noise? Is, is we're going through the, the world, a business has to be able to understand where do we double down on, what do we focus on? And to me, the signal, what we measure, because what we measure improves linearly. What we measure and report out on improves exponentially. Mm-hmm. So what we measure and report out on are people, right? Are, are, are people inflow? Are people moving up to inspired states? Are people overcoming uh, challenges? Are they failing forward? Are they Are they continuously improving and developing along with other measurements but but the the data analysis and and training those who we work with to use data mm-hmm. uh, so fortunately from the point of universities one of the great gifts that I've been given and uh, so so pursuing the, the kind of profession which really helped me with this work uh, to give credit to that uh, is 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 being able to leverage and see data to, to, and and in essence truth right that there is it's not all just it's my truth, right? No, there's there's actually real truth, and then there's not. Like, and when I talk about it, it it's sustainability, it's repeatability. There, there's mm-hmm. ways to, you know, my my definition of truth. But in essence, I'm saying truth is like signal. And if we can see the patterns which are repeatable and exist time and time again, and we can harness that and it, and it guide us, and our values are of integrity and going to equate to sustainability, then that data can guide us to solve problems, mm-hmm. which is the next point. Point four out of this BOS uh, business operating system is how do you solve problems, and that's another passion of mine. Is uh, what I did for Coyo was use basically a methodology, eight-step problem solving, which is the scientific method uh, specifically modified for complex problem solving. So step one, clarity of gaps. Step two, define current state. Step three, define a smart target. Step four, root cause analysis. Uh, step five is uh, kind of prioritization of the countermeasures that are defined based on the root causes. And then step six is kind of mapping it out into like a Gantt, you know, owner, uh, time, all of those things. And then step seven is verification uh, of getting to that. And if not, go back to step four, root cause analysis, cycle, cycle. through. Mm-hmm. Step eight is is to sustain it. Are sustainable measures in place and how do you read it across? Mm-hmm. So that framework is how we solve problems. Um, and there are some other great frameworks um, IDS, Identify, Discuss, Solve. And that comes from EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System, mm. uh, which is a great framework for, for people who may be interested um, in, in, in looking at this thing that I call a BOS, Business Operating System. But basically the underlying principles that equate to to building what it is that I'm talking about in a, in a replicable form. Uh, so once you solve those problems, it's then with a the sustainability aspect. So step eight is, is systems, processes. Well, lean. That's, that's my background and my passion. So it's how do we put this into a system of clarity? Uh, we, we're leveraging like mind maps to mm. say, okay, at a high level, at 30,000 feet, this is what we're doing. But how does this break down into okay, now the weeds and then being able to, to roll it all the way back up into the, the macro? Uh, so we can go from you know down at the what, foot level to 30,000 foot and then have everyone in the organization being clear on that with, through our processes. And then the last step is traction, mm. is, is um, yeah, marketing. Uh, but for us, the way we're looking at this is back to that point where I said we're probably the weakest on because I think our, our BOS has been fully developed beyond this piece and it's the story. Um, so after we, we have the clarity of vision, we bring people towards that vision uh, and, and we're solving problems and overcoming the challenges. Almost if you can think about, we, we bring people into this vessel, into this boat, and, and the sun is the vision. And we're, we're, we're going through these rapid seas of, of change and we're moving towards this, this land, mm. Mount Zion, right? <laughs> you know, th- th- this place of, of connectivity, of, of people coming together in love and supporting each other, what I like to call the hive state. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine honeybees kind, yep. of, kind of working together versus a bunch of selfish honeybees that are fragmenting and yeah. falling apart. Um, so, so that's kind of the vision that we're moving into and, and the waves are the challenges, but we're using the data and, and the problem solving to kind of overcome these waves. And, and, and then the step six is the storytelling of this to attract others to come be a part of our fleet, to help us 
get towards this thing. And then it's a cycle. Again, mm -hmm. PDCA, plan, do, check, act. So this cycle of the BOS is just something we continuously uh, work to op optimize. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, you know, I think I appreciate kind of like the the analytical, right? <laughs> like from top to bottom, you have all these systems kind of like built mm -hmm. out. And the, the, the systems basically are allowing you to kind of like create that structure mm -hmm. and invest in your employees, which is the mission. Right, right. right. Um, there might be some entrepreneurs out there, and this channel is for entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. like people that want to get into this space, um, you know, and they need to build a team around them, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, if that's what's important to them. Right. Would you say that it's a critical? Yes. Um, I haven't thought specific on this question, but I would say yes, because synergy is a multiplying factor. So, uh -huh. so one plus one equals two. And if you have two individuals kind of to the point back to, to Megan and I, if we're working to towards two separate uh, missions, our, our total output is going to be two. Mm -hmm. But if we come together and we're working on the same mission, total output can be synergy, which is a multiplying factor such as, th you know, one plus one equals four, 10, yep. 20. And so knowing that uh, kind of like, again, with the, the honeybees, you come together and there's a synergy that forms. And so I think when you when you do that, you create a spirit, sure. right? When, when anytime two come together, that spirit is there. Uh, you can define our spirit. You know, sure. When you and I come together, a certain energy forms, sure. and we, we kind of create a, a, a microculture. Sure, um, it's like a fractal that can be scaled up and down. And so, I think if if someone has a, a dream and they they want to have impact on others, they will need to find other individuals to have that bigger multiplying. Uh, impact of their dream. So I would say certainly. Yeah, absolutely. So what what is one advice that you would give to those entrepreneurs from your standpoint? Mm. And it doesn't have to, you know, focus on the culture, which you absolutely could. Right, right. But what is something that you would like to leave the audience with? Yeah. Get right on those values. Mm. Get right on it. Like I said, times are changing and selfishness will no longer sustain. Mm. We're being called to be servant leaders and servant leaders will be the ones that persevere. Uh, so get clear on what the mission is. And I believe it is the people that you serve mm -hmm. um, and, and clarity of that vision, of that mission. And then once you do that and you unlock your passion around that, the money will come, but mm. don't worry about the money first. I, I know that it, it, there are necessities um, and, and sometimes you do have to shift that attention away from maybe the lofty passions to the hard numbers to, 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 to keep the lights on. But the more that you can lean into the passion, the money will come. Mm. Love that. Well, thank you so much for your time. How do people, how do people connect with you? Uh, what's the best way to get in contact with you just to, you know, interact with you? Uh, I'm sure Rolling Monkey is, uh, uh, has a social media. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what, what, what else is out there? So we got our website. Just, yep. just Google yep. The Rolling Monkey. Yep. Uh, we got our website. We've got LinkedIn. We've got YouTube. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. Any of those channels. Uh, we've got uh, info at therollingmonkey.com. Gotcha. Uh, feel free to just bounce an email. It'll get to us. We'll see it. Um, and we look forward to anybody out there that, that wants to do more of this to just reach out and uh, hit me up. We're yep. ready. Awesome. Well, I thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Thank you. Absolutely.